This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all of the great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM80 and the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, the senator. I am Evan <laughs> <laughs> For those on the ESPN2 side and the TV side, Smalls uh, saw Canty for the first time today and said, what to him? I said, what are your policies on the environment? I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a great question. Because he looks like, this he looks exactly. like our elected official. Yeah. I, I'm about as trustworthy as an elected official as the Buffalo Bills are. Oh, yeah. well. And that, and that ain't saying much. Wait, now I don't know because yeah. they did win last night. Are you say, saying you are positive? or you're not trustworthy? That's, that's the, the point. point. Yes. That's the point. That's the point. That's the point. 24-18, the Bills won last night and really gave us less for the show because of it. Uh, what, did I say that out loud? <laughs> you did say oh, that out loud. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we were rooting for chaos. We were rooting for drama. That's what we do on this show. We root for fun things to talk about. And when status quo exists, it's not as fun. Sorry to everyone out there. I'm going to be honest and transparent about that. The Buffalo Bills doing their jobs on Thursday Night Football at home against the Tampa Bay Bucks, who have now lost three games in a row and dropped to three and four, probably around the record we anticipated they would be, gives us a little less juice on this game because we were hoping for the drama and the Bills did their job last night. Yeah, the Bills, uh, it was a nice win on a short week, right? There are no style points when it comes to wins in the National Football League, so we'll give credit where credit is due. But I don't think anything changes materially in terms of what I think of this team. Hmm. I I don't. I I look at this team, and I still say that they're not trustworthy. And when it comes down to executing in critical moments in the games – They've shown themselves to be unreliable, and you saw it again last night. Just look at how the final drive for the Bills played out. Third and two, and you hand the ball to Latavius Murray, and you can't get a yard? You can't get a yard. I just I don't understand the play call. I don't like it. And then you look at the lack of physicality on the offensive line when it comes to four-minute offense. That, that's not something that you can afford against better teams. You have to be able to close out games when you have a lead like they did late in the fourth quarter. Double-digit lead, you let the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get back in that game on a throw to Mike Evans. It was good coverage, better throw and catch, but then you allow them to convert on a two-point conversion and put themselves in a situation where if they score a touchdown, they can kick an extra point and win the game. And so we're clear. They got bailed out because Chris Godwin didn't look up and find the ball on that Hail Mary attempt at the end of the game. Which no, nobody touched. No, nobody touched, but nobody touched him. Nobody was around Chris Godwin. So weird the two DBs from the Bills were on the ground. Nobody was around him. But, I mean, it's just emblematic of the issues that we've seen on this team, Ev. And we say it all the time. Games in the National Football League come down to a handful of plays. Well, let me run through the handful of plays that bothered me. I already mentioned two of them with the third and two where Latavius Murray gets stopped short. And then, of course, what happened on the Hail Mary. But going back to the first half, you got fourth and goal on the one-yard line. Yep. Why, why are you handing the ball off to Latavius Murray when you have a 6'5", 250-pound quarterback? Go, go with the brotherly shove. And the maddening part about it is on the very next drive, they did it. They did it to extend the drive. So I, I just don't understand what the what the logic is for the play calling from Brian Dable. So that's one situation. You've got that. Then you've got the interception that Josh oh, Allen decides. Yeah, I'm vomiting go. from that one. Right, right. Just, oh, te- te- no, it was terrible. Te- go, get him, It was, get him. It was <laughs> absolutely awful. I mean, Antoine Whitfield is coming off of the nickel spot, and he, he, he sees him. I guess he sees him late, 
and he throws it right in there. It gets tipped. William Golson picks it off, and it's a point-blank scoring opportunity for the Bucks. So you had a double-digit lead that evaporated oh, in I a matter of a it, minute. CC. I can't watch I, it. I, just, I don't understand those types of mistakes from your quarterback. Those are the types of plays that get you beat. And, and small, I, I just I think it's absolutely inexcusable. So when you look at those scenarios, getting stopped on the one yard line uh, in a goal to go situation, you had the interception that gave points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You had the third and two with Latavius Murray didn't execute, and you had to end up punting the ball back. You allow the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to convert on a two point conversion, and you're talking about the hail mary that should have been converted for a touchdown. I can't trust the Buffalo Bills. That's it. That's the headline. You can't trust the Buffalo Bills. Even in a win, you can't feel good about it because of the mistakes that they made and leaving the door open for the Bucks to get back in that game. You guys, they won the game. They won the game. I know that there are some questions about the Bills still. I know that there are points in the game that are absolutely maddening and frustrating, and there are continuations of some things that we've already seen with this team. But they did win the game. Wait, are you okay? But, but, but they, tried not, they tried not to. Smalls, even on a play where you sack Boy Baker Mayfield on fourth down, you keep him on the field because you face masked the guy. Jordan Phillips gets a sack on fourth down. Every D lineman wants to close out a game with the sack. You get the sack, and you face mask him? It's those little undisciplined, unforced errors that, that get you beat against quality opponents. There's a reason why we're asking the question whether or not the Bills are good. There's a reason why we're asking the question, how good is this team if they have to go on the road in the postseason? The Buffalo Bills are 4-0 at home. I don't count the London game as a home game because they're across the pond. They're 4-0 at home. 1-3 and on the road. They just lost to the Patriots on the road. You can't trust this team, but especially on the road. So what happens if they don't win the AFC East? What what happens to their prospects if they get in the tournament but they don't win the division? They're going do on you, the road. Do you trust yeah. them as a wild card team no, to go but, on the road and get a win? But you're also you're going to a place that you weren't ready to go to yesterday. So there's there is a part of this that is interesting from a standpoint of like, are we sure they're making the playoffs? Because you, you sat here yesterday and you said, if they lose, I'm writing them off. They won in unimpressive fashion. They did their job. So there's that aspect. The other aspect of it, now, to go completely the opposite direction and to spin it positively. We sat here yesterday and CC brought up a stat. He said basically 40 dropbacks, 40 passes, however you want to look at it, or less, 40 or less, equals winning. 40 or more equals, or more than 40, excuse me, equals losing for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen yesterday, 31 of 40, 324, two touchdowns, that horrific interception, seven carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. More of the formula for success yesterday than they've had in recent weeks. 40 or under in terms of the pass attempts is where they need to go. So at least, and I hate to defend the Bills I'm not a Bills guy, at least they did that part of it and realized let the guy play point guard and not shooting guard. To throw another log on the positive fire here, and I know that there's a lot to be frustrated with, the offense has been sluggish to open games, and that's something that they were very pointed about trying to correct. And Josh Allen's a gunslinger. He makes bad decisions at times, and he's talked about how he's trying to have a different mindset going into games. He's calling it low positive because he wants to harness his thoughts and not let his emotions take over. He wants to be clear in his decision-making. And that that probably was a contributing factor into what we were seeing with the offense. 
defense. So he was adjusting his mindset a little bit, and he was getting the ball out quicker yesterday, which was successful for him. So he entered yesterday ranked 26th in the league in average time to throw, which was 2.8 seconds. He averaged 2.27 seconds last night, which was the quickest time to throw in a game of his career. So if he could keep that up, maybe we'll see a little bit more sense of urgency in this offense. Yeah, and the thing I love about that is Ken Dorsey's not giving him an opportunity to make consequential mistakes, right? Like, I'm, I'm taking it out of your hands. As soon as you hit your back foot, throw it to the open guy, get rid of the ball immediately. Enough of this backyard football stuff because it leads to the mistakes that we don't want to see. So get rid of the football quickly. It's less thinking from his standpoint, doing more of it during pre-snap as opposed to post-snap. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love the rationale behind doing that, not putting Josh in situations where he's t- holding the ball too long, where he's freestyling and potentially opening himself up to – you know, something that could potentially hurt his football team. The other thing that I thought Ken Dorsey did a great job with is sprinkling an up-tempo offense. It was clear on the opening drive that it was up-tempo. They wanted to run with pace. They wanted to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, let the receiving core do the heavy lifting in terms of run after catch. I think that's the mentality that they have to have on the offensive side of the ball. I think it lends itself to getting other receivers involved. You saw Shakir. You saw Gabe Davis. You saw Dalton Kincaid. It wasn't just the Josh allen Stephon Diggs show. And I think that's something that's going to benefit this offense if they continue to keep that up. But I don't have any confidence that they're going to continue to do <laughs> things right. that they have success with. I, I got to go deep with CeCe on this. In life, you get frustrated at other people when you feel like there's more to be had or things yeah. where there's more to be had. I get frustrated with my kids when I when they're finished with dinner and I see plates all over the place. I get really <laughs> like, I know you are capable of putting the plates in the dishes. Like I under, The dishes in the dishwasher. I know you're capable of that. You are worked up this morning about the Buffalo Bills. Should I indi- should I take that as an indication as you actually know they can do more and that they should be Super Bowl contenders, and that's what's getting you frustrated here? Well, isn't that how we're supposed to be judging the Bills? I don't know. They've dom- they dominated that's the it. AFC East for the last four years. It's about them being able to go on a deep playoff run. It, it, they really are a lot like the Dallas Cowboys in that regard. We're not going to judge them based on anything we see in the regular season unless it's bad. How, how many more years do we want to see the Bills go 12, 13, 14 wins? Like we don't we don't care about stacking regular season wins. Yep. We care about what happens once you get to the postseason. Last year they had a tailor made opportunity. People had to come through Buffalo. I mean, think about it. Cincinnati Bengals came into Buffalo, and we were saying if you're ever gonna have a chance to get back to the conference championship game, this is the time because the Bengals got to come to your place. That was no problem for Josh uh, for for Joe Burrow against Josh Allen in that matchup. So those are the things that I worry about, and that's the lens that I view the Buffalo Bills through. It's not whether or not the performance is good enough to beat the Bucks in Week Eight on Thursday Night Football. It's is that performance good enough to beat the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs, the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs? The, uh, those not four, now. Those types not of teams. Not in my opinion. No. Exactly. And, and I expect and Josh Allen to throw interceptions. And, and that's the point. Yeah. And that. That's why you get worked up about that, understandably so, in terms of, of the Buffalo Bills last night. You guys can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation, Dr. Pepper call in line. Are the Bills contenders? I guess we're saying only if they have home field advantage throughout. Are they contenders? And they're probably not going to have home field advantage. I don't think they're contenders. To me, they're, they're not contenders. They're clearly pretenders. Yep. I, clearly I to pretenders. I tend to agree. Even in a win last night, pretenders. Agreed. Uh, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. 888-SAY-ESPN, are the Bills 
pretenders or contenders. We got some hoops to get to. Dame Lillard made his debut last night for the Bucks, dropped 39 and a win. I guess load management no longer a thing for LeBron in the minutes limit because he played more than the, the minutes that he had to, a couple of nights ago in their win yesterday over the Phoenix Suns. But coming up, Brock Purdy's back, maybe? We'll get to that next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Juicy little nugget there from Adam Schefter. Then you heard our very own Chris Canty. Then Ryan Clark after that. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN 2. Well, now, you're right over there. I'm I'm just I'm refusing to let anybody get my blood pressure up this morning about uh, Sam Darnold. Oh, about Sam because about it's, Sam Darnold. It's, it's, it's I already think your blood it, pressure's up about the Bills. A, it's already up about the Bills. I'm trying to keep calm. It's okay, a football gonna, Friday. I, think, I, think I, I want to enjoy you. football Have Friday, fun. leaning into the weekend. I want to smile. I want to laugh. Right. But oh, that's then, fine. But 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 then, but then I hear these crazy takes about there's no material difference between Sam Donald and Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense will be unaffected if Sam has to start. All right, I got something for you, Ooh. okay? That maybe Ooh. maybe we could smile and stay calmer on this than we did a day ago, which people can go back on the ESPN app and listen, which is awesome. We appreciate it on the podcast. So here's the story that we got. We got this guy, Brock Purdy. He's Mr. Irrelevant. He comes in last year. He replaces two quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and the number three pick in the draft, Trey Lance. He wins all these games, never loses last year. Goes all the way to the NFC Championship, gets hurt, they lose. Comes back this year, same thing, never loses. Then all of a sudden, they go against the Cleveland Browns. They lose that game without Deshaun Watson across the way, but he led them down for a game-winning field goal that was missed. Then in the last game, we realized against the Vikings, one of the reasons that he may have had mistakes late is he may have been concussed. Adam Schefter has the report. Then yesterday, and we're thinking that, okay, he's not going to play. Many people, Dan Orlovsky and others, have said, well, it's basically going to be even or above with Sam Darnold coming in for him. And yesterday, Schefter throws us for a little bit of a loop. Say, wait a minute, Brock Purdy's out there at practice, and maybe possibly he could play this week. To which his head coach, Kyle Shanahan, had this to say. Brock didn't take a practice rep versus Seattle on Thursday night football till pregame warmups, and they had to shut those down a little bit too. So he didn't really get a real rep that week till play one, and he played pretty good. So we'll probably stick with that. So, so there is Shanahan. Okay, doesn't need the practice to play. Here's why I don't think our blood needs to be going, and we don't need to go crazy on this today. Mm. I actually think the Niners are telling us exactly what we've said: is that. We are going to try to figure out any way to get this guy legally able to play, medically cleared to play. Why would we do that? Why would we rush before a bye week to get this guy ready to play against the Cincinnati Bengals? You know why? Because he's better than the other guy. 
Because that's why. Because you know what you do with Brock Purdy when healthy? You win literally every game or you have a chance to win every single game. You have never been in a game with Brock Purdy without one of two things. Without winning or without having a final drive to win. He has never put you in a deficit where you're going to lose. So the San Francisco 49ers are trying to legally, morally, ethically, through the medical clearance, put this man through a process to get him to play because they know if he plays, they win. But it wasn't the first time that they've done that. They did it at the start of the season. Brock Purdy was coming off of UCL surgery this offseason, and the 49ers, who went out and got Sam Donald early on in free agency this past offseason, decided, you know what, we're better off pushing this and truncating the timetable with Brock Purdy's return than we are with trying to start the season with Sam Donald for the first couple of weeks. Why? Because there is a difference between how Brock Purdy plays, how he operates the offense, how he throws with anticipation, but more importantly, how he protects the football versus Sam Donald. So if you throw out last season, because Sam Donald played six games for the Carolina Panthers, you look at 2018 when Sam came into the league through 2021, you've got a four-year sample size. Only Baker Mayfield had more interceptions than Sam Donald. Sam Donald had 52 interceptions during that span. 52. 52. 52. It's absolutely asinine to suggest that the 49ers offense wouldn't skip a beat if Sam is the guy versus Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy, the last two weeks, has thrown three interceptions. But what I will say is this. With him being in concussion protocol, it does provide some color as to what could have Mm -hmm. potentially affected his ability to be able to protect the football and then to throw – to, to operate the, the, the offense in the passing game in the fourth quarter against the Vikings. But I just – I think it's wild to me how we can speculate, how we can project that Sam Donald would step in because he's physically more gifted than Brock Purdy and play at the same level. So, Smalls, I need your help on something. Okay, We're going to okay. pretend CeCe's not here right now. Okay, okay. Okay, so Nuno, our producer, has put something in my ear. He said, hey, I got something if you really want to get CC riled up and going. I mean, I kind of do. I know he's trying to chill let's, out. Let's on a decide this Friday. on the air oh together God. here. Okay. Oh, my okay. goodness. So CC gets riled up about this Brock Purdy versus Sam Donald. I'm pretending I don't see him out yeah, of the corner of my eye. I'm, right, I'm going to look right at you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's know going. <laughs> so we have, he's a, looking into we have a piece of audio oh, no. that could really rile him up. And uh, by the way, you and I are on board with him. Oh, we're on the same page. But he gets really riled up about this take. Do we play the audio? Please what do we don't. think? Let's talk it out on the air. He whispers, please don't. <laughs> please, dear God. Um, I say we do because it is a football Friday and the energy needs to be high, whether it's positive, negative, frustrated, happy, joy. Let's just get the energy high. So right. I say we so do So we it. could go down that path or okay. we could bring up his Lakers last night winning a game, first home game of the season. ESPN LA had the game, of course, home of the Lakers, beat the Suns, great environment, great atmosphere. I got a text from somebody. They were promoting our show at the game. I'm like, this is awesome. Fun. Right? We're, we're, we could go that route. We're, but instead, oh <laughs> There is Anita Marks, ESPN Sports betting analyst and part of the Daily Wager team on Amber and Ian, weeknights 7P to 10P Eastern Time, talking about Sam Darnold versus Brock Purdy. I think Sam Darnold is 10 times the quarterback Brock Purdy is. Listen, Brock Purdy, like, again, I talk about this a lot. 31 teams passed up on Brock Purdy more than six times because a lot Mm. of those teams had two draft picks within the round. There's a reason for that, okay? We talk about system, quote-unquote, quarterbacks, right? You 
eliminate Debo Samuel. You have Christian McCaffrey playing at 75%, and you have a busted offensive line. Now we see the warts with Brock Purdy. He's been horrific the last two weeks. Ten times better, Anita says. Based on what, though? That's the part that I don't understand. Like, we're saying that Sam Donald is better than Brock Purdy. Where is the tangible evidence of that? Show me the empirical evidence that Sam Donald is a better NFL quarterback than Brock Purdy. Hell, we got more evidence that Stephen A. Smith can play quarterback in the NFL than we do Sam Donald. Where's the evidence? Show it to me. I've never seen it. I've quite literally never seen it. I remember when Sam Donald said, man, I'm seeing ghosts out there against the New England Patriots where he threw five picks in a game. Like, show me the game. Show me the evidence that Sam Donald can play quarterback in the National Football League. I'll wait. I haven't seen it. I actually love that we played that bit of audio because I think it's great for the founding members of the Brock Purdy fan club. She just did confirmation bias to us with what we say to the Brock Purdy haters. They do the yeah, but because of where he was drafted, not based on the actual resume in totality when he's been playing in football games. Anita's first point there was all of these teams passed on him. So what? Teams passed on Tom Brady, too. Teams passed on Tom Brady, too. Teams passed on Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Teams passed on Aaron Rodgers. An entire round passed on Drew Brees. Wasn't Joe Montana drafted in the third round? round, We've got got to stop defaulting to where Brock Purdy was drafted and actually focus on what we've seen. And yes, were the past two games peak Brock Purdy? No, but in the game versus the Browns, he put his team in a position to win, and now we're talking about him maybe not being all there because of a concussion in the second game. So I don't think that those two games specifically are huge knocks against Brock Purdy. Why do you want to do this to me, Ev? Why, why <laughs> do you, why, was... Smalls, why do you want to do it to Because you co-signed on trying to get me fired up by playing that sound for my homegirl, Anita. And I love Anita. I, love Anita I can't believe she would say I something like that. She played professional times, football as ten, a quarterback. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Ten times better than Brock Purdy? Based on what? Based on him being drafted? Earlier, that, that that's that's literally all you're basing it on. He was the third pick overall, and Brock Purdy was irrelevant. That's worlds away. So that means he's ten times better. No, now, like what we actually see NFL game tape matters. We have more of a sample size for Brock Purdy in the 16 games we've seen him in in the NFL that he can play quarterback versus the what 50 or so odd games that Sam Donald has started. He's Sam Donald. They started 55 games. He's 21 and 34 in those starts. Like, I get that he didn't go to a great situation, but where's the evidence no, that he could actually play quarterback? Yeah, Ten times is a strong one. By the way, not to deflect or anything, but um, just to be clear, when we're talking about us playing that sound, I have a sound sheet in front of me. I see sound from Adam Schefter, Kyle Shanahan, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Jerry Jones, and Micah Parsons, both on my email and my, my oh, notes wow. over here. I didn't see the Anita sound. So, again, not to pass blame. But Nuno was the one in my ear who said, you got to get to this sound. Well, I, well, I don't expect I, any, Again, I'm not going to pass the blame I, I don't, anything, but it was I Nuno. don't expect better from Nuno. I expect better from you guys because he might have teed it up, but you were the guys that swung. And I'm so, I'm so disappointed in you because you're supposed to be not only friends but good teammates. Coming up, we'll play sweat. that sound over and over and over again. Every five minutes, you will hear. You want to put the battery in my back. You're, 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 such, you're such bad teammates. Coming up, Dak responds to his critics. Some may say Dak Prescott responds to his critics. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Bills win last night. They beat the Bucks 24-18. CeCe is already writing them off. Am, am I being a Bills hater? No. Well, yes. I, I, no. Just, I, I just want to know. I am I'm, a Bills I'm hater. I'm a Bills hater. Today, I am. Today, I am. They won okay. the game. Was it a look great at, at every second of the game? No, but they won the game. Yeah, but we figured they should win the game. They were favored by nine and a half. But we're I, acting as if they 100%. lost the game. Yeah, it's annoying that they didn't cover that game last they, night. But they have given us actual ammo to be haters. They have all the talent in the world. They allegedly have a top five quarterback, and he always turns the ball over. Sorry if we're coming off as haters. You are giving us the ability to hate. They do. No, four straight games with interceptions from Josh Allen. Is it too much to ask not to give the ball to the other team? Why? Based on his track record? But but that's my thing, though. He had 23 turnovers in 18 games last year. And I said, something has got to change. Now, credit to him, he had some awareness this offseason. He said, I've got to change the way that I'm doing things. But last night felt like a turn-back-the-clock moment in terms of him being able to use his legs to be a playmaker. And they got him involved. There were more quarterback design runs. On the first drive, you saw the quarterback draw. Like that, that, that was clearly an effort by Ken Dorsey to get Josh in a space where he's more comfortable and he's playing up tempo, he's playing fast, and he's not thinking as much. It's a good thing in terms of how they wanted to play yesterday, but even with that, you still saw mistakes that made that game closer than it should have been. They should have slammed the door shut on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. How do you allow the game to be that close to come down to a Hail Mary that actually should have been successful at the end of the game? Like, like to me, that is absolutely maddening. That's why you can't trust that team. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, brought to you by eBay Motors from Superchargers, Exhaust Kits, and more. eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I don't know if you guys have heard, but Dak Prescott has a couple of haters out there as well. Mm-hmm. He has some critics out there, and Dak responded, the Cowboys quarterback, yesterday i've been in, i've been on this organization eight years going on in, in my eighth year that whether you 
about it or not, it's not going to stop. Uh, that, that's, that's just how it goes. And to me, uh, it's fun. It's fun because when things go our way and when we win this thing, it's going to make it all that much sweeter. And say what you want, we get to go out there and we get to do it. All right, Cowboys and Rams this weekend. Is it fun to have haters? Like, do you actually believe that, CeCe? You've been in that spot in the NFL 11 years, Cowboys, Giants, Ravens. Do you think it's fun? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's mantras, the us against the world. Uh, I mean, it's everybody knows it. Everybody's heard it before. Now, it doesn't apply to every situation, but in the Dallas Cowboys case, text box because they haven't made the conference championship game 27 years running. So there's always a degree of skepticism that Dak and the Cowboys are going to be met with. And for them, we're judging them at the same way we're looking at the Buffalo Bills. It's not about what you do in the regular season. It's about what you do in the postseason. They've had back-to-back seasons where they had 12 wins. I mean, the last time you're talking about them having double-digit wins in back-to-back seasons, you got to go back a ways over a decade. So I think it's a situation where clearly – if we're going to believe in them, they've got to show us that they're capable of doing that against quality competition. We're still waiting to see that, Smalls. Yeah, the bar is set the same for both teams, and that's winning a Super Bowl. The Bills have been in the mix. The Cowboys have been in the mix. They've both fallen short. So it's it's kind of a sign of respect that people are holding them to that standard. We think that the talent that you have and that the talent around you is good enough to win a Super Bowl, and you have fallen short. But I, I wrote this down. I love listening to Dak. He didn't say if we win a Super Bowl. He said when we win a Super Bowl, that he is that confident that they're going to be able to get it done. I think it's so hard to do that in this specific environment with that specific team. I'm starting to have this realization that maybe, just maybe, they can't do it this way. Like, with all of the attention. Oh, wow. No, I'm saying, like, I— You mean with all of the pressure? I believe— more than anybody on this show, this is not a bold statement that I'm making about the three of us because you guys don't believe that. I believe in Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott more than anybody on this show. Mm-hmm. And I'm still starting to wonder, can you have all of this drama every day? Dak responds to critics. Dak said this. Jerry said that. Jerry says San Francisco can be beaten. Jerry says I'm only going to take incoming calls versus outcoming calls. Or outgoing calls. No other team has this. No other team has an owner of the team that does a weekly radio hit, right? That no other team exactly. has the owner of a team that is also the general manager in actual in title, not an in influence, in title. I just wonder if in 2023, with all of the attention, all of the drama that goes around with this team, if people are made up to deal with this every week for 20. 20- Weeks during the course of a, of a football season? That's a great question, and I, I don't know that we're going to have the answer, but what I will say is that the Cowboys have to show us, and they have to do it against teams that actually have a chance of being competitive. Right now, the opponents that they've beaten are combined 9-17. and 17. Not a lot of confidence after you beat the New York Jets, the New York Giants, the New England Patriots, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Only the Jets have three wins or more. That's it. So, I mean, I, I just I, I got to see it first. I don't know that them taking care of business at home against the Rams this weekend is going to do anything to change how I view them materially. But the date against the Philadelphia Eagles on the road in the link in a couple of weeks, that's the matchup that I got circled. Because if you're going to be taken seriously, if you think you're for real, if you think you can get to competing for a championship, then that's the game that you can show us. That's the game that you got to go out there and perform until I see it with my own eyes, Ev, against those kinds of teams, I'm not going to believe it. Yeah, and again, I believe in them more than you guys do, but I totally understand where you're coming from. But as a former Cowboy, like you are, 
Did it feel different playing for them than it felt playing for the other teams? And you played in New York. Did it feel like every week almost counts as two in terms of the wear and tear mentally and physically? No, because all of the talking doesn't amount to anything once you step in between the white lines. Like, it didn't matter. Now, I played in a different era because even though Jared was the owner, Bill Parcells was the football czar. So he was running things. It was his way, not Jerry's way. It's a little bit different. Um, And so I think with Mike McCarthy being in place, there is more of an influence in terms of Jerry's presence on the day-to-day operations and stylistically how this football team is shaped, how they play. I think they have a style of play that can be successful. Do I, I think they need to add pieces? Absolutely. That's why the trade deadline in a few days is absolutely critical. And you've said Derrick Henry, just so people are After, aware. That's Der- the guy Derrick Henry is the guy that or is Zeke. Out. We've talked about Zeke. Der- Derrick Henry, Zeke. They need a hammer for that offense. That offense doesn't have a physical identity. They need that. They need that in the running game. Tony Pollard is a fine running back, but he's more of a slasher, a guy that you want to get on crack tosses, a guy that you want to get on screen plays, um, using the running back as a receiver out of the backfield. But you need a guy that can get those tough yards in between the tackles, short yardage, goal line, red zone. You need a physical presence to go along with that offensive line. The Dallas Cowboys have five broken tackles on run plays for the season. Five broken tackles. There are only five teams that have fewer broken tackles on run plays than the Dallas Cowboys. That's unacceptable. In order for them to get to where they want to go, they have to have more balance on offense in that regard. That's why they need to make a move at the trade deadline. That's why it feels like Jerry is softening on his stance and what he said earlier about how they're only taking calls and how they won't initiate calls. Yeah, so he better crazy. be picking up the phone if he wants. You damn, you damn right, he better. <laughs> if he wants you damn right, he better to be the best that they can, especially when the Eagles go out and make a move and, and fortify themselves. Jerry better be picking up the phone. But to your point, Evan, about the pressure. I completely agree that Jerry Jones puts his team in a more difficult position than it needs to be with all of the comments that he makes. But he's a showman. He's not only generating attention around the Dallas Cowboys and making them the, one of the most relevant teams in the NFL. He's doing it for the league. He understands that there's a polarizing effect to the Dallas Cowboys and he's contributing to that. But I don't know if that necessarily translates to what we see on the field because I, I know being the quarterback is different. But do you really think that Jerry Jones's comments on his weekly radio hit contributes to Dak Prescott throwing picks? I mean, it doesn't affect Micah Parsons' performance. And again, I know the quarterback is different. And I know that the noise is exponential when it comes to Dak Prescott. But there's noise about everybody. I mean, we just sat here and, and talked about Josh Allen and the Bills. You've got to, as a player, find a way to incubate yourself away from that, even if it's coming from inside the building. I just wonder how many people that played in the NFL deal with it differently than those who play for the Dallas Cowboys in the current era with Jerry Jones in charge. Like what their experiences are like. Like I've told you guys, ESPN Wisconsin's Mark Tauscher, one of my really close friends, played for the Packers for a decade. I wonder how Tausch experiences his NFL life versus his equivalent on the offensive line currently for the Dallas Cowboys. And like the dr- like hey, I'm going to go home. Nobody's going to bother me. I'm going to yeah. do this. I'm going to like you know what I'm saying? Like I just feel no, like I I get, you I get, I, I, more I, no, in I, New York. I, I understand what you're saying. What I will counter with is Dak Prescott having the right kind of perspective. Dak not focusing on that, saying that hey, people are going to talk. There's nothing you can do about it until the only thing you can you can do you can do is Try to prepare. The only thing that you can do is go out there and win. That's the only way you shut them up. They're going to continue to talk. They're going to continue to be naysayers. They're going to continue to speculate. We just got to focus on handling our business. I think your quarterback taking that stance makes it easier for the rest of the locker room to ignore the noise. It basically creates the template 
for how people need to respond when media and critics try to address them. So I think, but that's gonna I th- be hard I think for Dak, you, right? I think Dak is handling it the right way, yeah. and that's what matters the most because everybody in the locker room is going to take their cues from the quarterback. Now, I also say this: pressure is a privilege. Having those expectations means that people think you can actually be good. And so, i.e., the Bills critique today. Exactly. So, there's a unique opportunity that Dallas has to live up to those expectations and potentially exceed those expectations, especially with the roster that they've put together. I just, I guess what I'm saying is, I have empathy for those who play professional sports because, especially on a team like the Dallas Cowboys, because they are people. And they have to deal with idiots like me screaming and yelling about them every single day. Oh, well, that's part of the game, though. No, I know, I mean, that's but part I'm just of, that's saying, part like, of the paycheck. Like, yeah, listen, Dak get Prescott it. getting paid forty million dollars a year. You know what I mean? I like, know, that, but that doesn't mean he's not allowed to have feelings. No, he can have feelings, but there's feelings, and then there's business, and they're in the business of winning football games. And the Dallas Cowboys haven't been able to do that when it matters most, and that's ultimately how he's going to be judged. Dak's predecessor, Tony Romo, had great regular season success, won a lot of games, had a lot of stats, but. Tony Romo didn't get it done when it matters most, which left the door open for Dak Prescott to replace him. And so I think that's the understanding, that's the lens in which Dak views his role in the Dallas Cowboys organization. Coming up, we'll go four down. So the Panthers already regret drafting Bryce Young. Next on Sportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. What's that? This is Four Downs. Four Downs here. First down. Four Downs here on Unsportsmanlike brought to you by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy. 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to Geico Smalls. Four questions for CeCe and I. What do you have? First down. Bears at Chargers, 8.20 p.m. Eastern time this weekend. Which organization do you have more faith in to get it right, the Bears or the Chargers? Boy, that is a low bar to clear. <laughs> Dear God in heaven. I'm going to go with the Bears. They got a new team president. Uh, I think they are ultimately going to clean house. They're going to get rid of their head coach, that coaching staff there. They'll have an opportunity to reset at the quarterback position because of a high draft pick, whether it's their own or the Carolina Panthers, which they own. So I'm going to say the Bears, but I'm not going to say it with my chest. 
So I'm going to cop out here. Here's how I'm going to say it. I think you guys will let me get away with it. I have more faith in the Bears organization right now if they both had a clean slate. If there was nobody on either roster, which organization do I have more faith in? I'd say the Bears. But one team has Justin Herbert and one team doesn't. So I think if you get the right coach in there and the right people around Justin Herbert, that team has a better chance of success sooner than the other team. I don't even know why this is a debate. Which one should it be? Yes, the Chargers have been under exceeding our expectations based on the quarterback. What have the Bears done to give you any confidence in them over the past 10 plus years? What have the Chargers done over the last 40 years? (laughs) At least the Bears went to a Super Bowl in 2006. What the hell are the Chargers doing? By the way, that Super Bowl, South Florida, 2006, Colts and Bears. I had the same seat as Jordan Love's mom against the Chiefs. <laughs> nice. I, you couldn't. I, if, one more step up, I would have been out of the stadium. Listen. At least the Chargers what? have gotten their quarterback right. Yeah, and, the they had, they had, and they had a good quarterback before in Phillip Rivers. And, and did, before in Dan Fouts. And what did they <laughs> get? Drew Brees. So, so they've, shown, they've shown that they can do very little with a really good quarterback, which is why. Yes. By default, I'm going to pick the other team. That's fair. Even if that other team is the Bears. Maybe the biggest almost organization in all of sports. Chargers were almost good. They almost got to the Super Bowl. Well, they did it. You know what I mean. They're, they're an almost. Yeah. I'd rather be an almost territory than perpetual hot mess no, territory. But the Bears actually got to Super Bowls and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Well, now, 1985, I but nonetheless. Say, was I even alive then? I don't even know. Okay. I don't know. Were you? Next one. Second down. <laughs> Second down. Okay, another big debate here. Vikings at Packers. Which quarterback situation would you rather have? And we're, we're not just saying Jordan Love versus Kirk Cousins right now, but we don't know if Kirk Cousins is going to be there long term. Uh, all right. Uh, I went on Wilde and Tausch yesterday, ESPN Wisconsin, and we talked about Jordan Love. And they said, what's the national scope right now around Jordan Love? I said, he's a maybe. He may be good. He may not be good. That's the worst case scenario you could be in. Which way is it leaning right now? Not. Exactly. I feel bad saying, badly saying that because I, like, I want to root for this guy because he's bided his time. But the thing that I'm going to look at, which quarterback situation is better, it's the guy that over the entirety of his career has been a top 10 quarterback in total. And that's Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Go look at the numbers. From the moment he stepped in onto the field as a starting quarterback in Washington till now, he's a top 10 quarterback. So that situation's better, CeCe. Yeah, cosign, retweet, everything Evan just said. This one's not even hard for me. Yeah, three three check yeah. marks there. It's Kirk O'Chains all Yeah, the way. yeah. Jordan Love is playing the team into position to draft his successor. <laughs> that's what Jordan Love is doing right now. You're so right, and that's so humbling to hear something like that, right? It's what's happening. Oof. If you like your job, play better, win games. That way the team is not in position to draft your replacement. Next. Third down. Texans at Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Do the Panthers already regret drafting Bryce Young? Yes. <laughs> how, could, how could they not? Yes. I mean, listen, the Houston Texans have the a top five passing offense. C.J. Stroud has already won three games. Their team is at 500 going into week eight. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Nobody thought the Houston Texans would be as competitive as they are as early as it is, but they've got the head coach right in D'Amico Ryans, a former player for the Texans organization. They have the, the makings of an organization that's building a better culture, and C.J. Stroud is at the heart of it. So not only is he giving you the productivity on the field, but he's allowing you to shift the culture in the building and the perception of who you are around the National Football League. We can't say any of those things about Bryce Young right now. Uh, and and I get it, the situations aren't equal, but C.J. Stroud is making the most of the opportunity that he has with the talent that's on this roster. 
And based on that and the fact that he's been available for every single game as opposed to Bryce Young dealing with the injury, you got to say that, yeah, the Carolina Panthers, they may have messed this up. They may have gotten it wrong with Bryce Young. Can we just take this moment since you just talked about the idea of the culture being better in Houston? Let's talk about the fact that the Texans once hired recently Jack Easterby, who was the Patriots team chaplain to run their personnel. Yeah. I mean, oh, it has been bad right. in Houston. I mean, it has been bad, like Awful. like I mean, ridiculously bad. I'm going to say they don't regret drafting Bryce Young, but they do look across the way and say that guy's better than the guy that we drafted. Because <laughs> I still but, think they have to, it's seven games. They have to still have hope for but, this but guy. But not only, not only did you pass on C.J. Stroud, you're essentially passing on Caleb Williams and Drake May, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is Cause true. Because the Bears now own your first-round pick in 2024. So you can't feel good about not only passing on C.J. Stroud, the opportunity cost there, but the opportunity cost for the quarterbacks in the 24 class. You've got Bryce Young to show for that. I don't know that Bryce Young can be that much better than the combination of C.J. Stroud, Drake May, or Caleb Williams. That is almost impossible to argue. That's so what did you say? Cosign, retweet, right there. Okay. Next one. Fourth down. Fourth down. Battle of New York Jets at Giants. Which head coach would you rather have long term, Rob Sala or Brian Dable? Why are you pointing at me on this? No, because I, I think I know. I want to hear you say it. I want to hear you do it. Because he's going to go think, Rob Sala. I, I think I think you're going to do it. I want to hear you do it. Because of I want to hear the it. Belichick. I want to hear it from theory. you, Evan. Give it to me. Wink Give it to Martindale. me. Martindale. Ah, that's a nice little curveball. The nice defensive coordinator for the Giants had a bad start this season. If you said to me I could have one coach moving forward from this game. Did you just spill coffee no, on I your said, beautiful tie? I, did, I didn't. Okay. I said which I head coach? Oh. No, I'm going Dayball. I'm going Dayball. Still going Dayball. Interesting. Mm. I'm going Salah. So am I. I'm going Salah. Hey, look, here's the thing, and I know people are saying, what are you talking about? Dayball was in the playoffs. They won a playoff he was game. Coach of the year. Daniel Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones didn't turn the football over nearly as much. Yeah, I get all of that. But I know that dude, Rob Salah, his his expertise is on the defensive side of the ball. Since the start of 2021, that has been an elite unit when it goes to advanced metrics, DVOA, defensive efficiency, defensive EPA. And last year, they were a top five defense in yards and points. This year, they're one of the more dominant defenses in the NFL in terms of game-changing plays. So, yeah, I'm going with the New York Jets head coach, Rob Sala, because his side of the ball has been more dominant. Well, I'm not going with any advanced metrics. I can't do that. I tried my son's fifth-grade math homework and fractions last night. The uh. hardest thing <laughs> I've ever had to do in my entire life. We are Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.